<laughs> and the first poem I'm going to read is called Sculptures. Sculptures. But why do I have to explain? Why can't I just wear my blue lipstick and be ironic, artsy and eccentric? Why do I have to remind them what they've done to my land or why sanctions are bad? Why do I have to be the teacher rising from the grave of politics? Why should I be the one shouting, we need transgression, darling, not progression, as though I were the chosen one? Why did I consume my youth in sad universities to confirm what I knew all along? To tediously intellectualize my instinct when I could have spent this time burning a bank or a church or even a mosque where dollar prays that queers will die. Why do I have to explain why a lunar boy in a dress who murmurs my art hardens his nipples makes my cunt jump? Why do I have to justify? Why can't I just open the picture of Dorian Gray, page 155? To define is to limit and just stare as though I am gazing at Basil's painting, but instead I am the one aging. Why do I have to inform my father of my sex life when my mother, the sculptor, carved my flesh for years so I'd be as cultured as her dusty library, but she just made me a bruised slut? Why did I desire her dead like the ultimate Freudian cliché so I could have my father to myself? But now that she's gone, my father and I are still apart, cutting each other, yielding blood, and we both think the fox that visits my girlfriend's garden is my mother. This poem is called Euston Station. If you're not too unfortunate, false accusations don't land you in jail. They only break your back. You stare at your own voice but can't hear. Everything is too loud. Everything explodes your wound like sirens in spring. Like Euston Station at midnight when you caught three white officers interrogating a black boy. He was staring into space as if the police didn't exist, as if it was just him and the moon, his skin merging with the night. And you feel black with your back bent, decked with a sable bruise. You hold on to your books and nourish your bruise like it's your child or that boy. Your bruise an ocean and when it opens its mouth, you let it devour you, you hope it can drown you never does it spits you back into your white room snickering just a false accusation why is your back bent why are your eyes red why do you care false accusations come and go like period blood that black boy is probably free now like you are but if you could face the police one more time you would open your ashen mouth uttering that you could just tell he was falsely accused by something more sinister than his skin color that you had no evidence, no corroboration, and you didn't even know why he was arrested, but you could taste his innocence and it was bitter like yours. But you whirl and turn in the gym mirror, getting fitter, supposedly stronger. And everyone says they're glad you got well. And you hope you can turn into steel with a metallic touch like a second-rate Midas. Because by now you know steel is better than gold, for it shines less and is more resilient. But there is no steel, no gold, and the black bruise on your broken back gazes out like that boy shouting. The final poem I'm going to read is a 
tribute to my hometown and it's called the wicked capital Tehran means reading never-ending Russian novels under my duvet. Glitterless gay parties until the morning as on, until the birds scream. Mahogany cafe serving cinnamon tea and vanilla ice cream. Tehran is smoke and fury. It is fuming. Tehran is static traffic. It is also fenugreek. All girls schools, all boy love and compulsory hijab. And the evergreen Shahid Beshti University where we exchanged gay kisses. But gay did not mean happy. It meant homo, whore, harassed, faggot, corrupt, beautiful. The university whose rules we shattered in our attempts to become Lord Byron. A garden that is still shining. A neon green sun in the northwest of Tehran that inhaled our ashes while we smoked our youth and spat colonial classics, empowering ourselves. Now the question is, will we ever be truly empowered? We, the despondent snobs from the top universities of Iran who ended up in the bottom universities of Brexit land, dump land, the North Pole, doing degree after degree after degree. So we, they, can forget our skin color and forgive our accent, even though we are pale like flower and quiet like infected parrots. Will we ever be empowered? In Tehran, we are still powerless, even though it is officially our homeland, our sealess port. Tehran, the harbor of pollution where fast cars screech, American popping ambivalent alleyways paved with martyrs' blood. I have never seen a city capable of containing so much love and hate. Tehran is my parents and our house, my siblings and my best friend, his passion for beautiful boys, an avant-garde theatre and the scenario of our eternal escape. Tehran is my grandmother, cherry pickles that she made just for me with specifically rotten sour cherries that surprisingly tasted like God, her God that was not my God and became a gap that devoured our love. Tehran is my real room, my bookshelf, my vanity table, crowded with bottles of blue varnish, my first rainbow flag. Tehran is aromatic, herbs, saffron, dried lime, turmeric, salt, bloody beans, red meat, brown flesh. After Persian cuisine, nothing tastes great. Tehran is Arabic prayers and Persian poetry, bookshops floating in the sizzling summer streets. But also preposterous books such as bad translations of American self-help and Mein Kampf. Everything for a cheap price. And the everlasting question, how can this country survive when Hedayat killed himself and Farouk died at such a young age? Tehran is fear. More wars, more sanctions, more inflation, the morality police, our government, the US government, Saudi Arabia and the government of Israel. Fear of all the governments and fear of more chaos. Fear of expenses, fear of being stuck, fear of leaving and of returning. Fear of missing, fear of losing and fear of winning. Fear of anarchy and love of anarchy and love. Living in Tehran is like being in love with the villain. Everyone judges and wonders why. But one will not lower oneself to explain the attraction. The moment anything is justified, it becomes boring, common, worldly. This is why when people ask where in Iran I am from, I respond, the wicked capital, saturated with gold oil, dripping with black glory. Come in, but stay out so you won't regret it. 
Thank you so much for listening to me.